0: Hey, hi, girls. Are you trying to get your finances in order for 2020? Lashay Simmons is a financial advisor with Northwestern Mutual, and she is qualified to help you with retirement planning, education savings, life and disability insurance, and investments. She's offering our listeners a free consultation. Visit LashaySimmons.nm.com. That's L-A-S-H-A-E-S-I-M-M-O-N-S. .nm.com. Meg said it best. Don't get mad. Get a bag. Welcome to the Hot Girl Book Club. Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Girl Book Club. I am one of your hosts, Tamika Cage, and I am a.k.a. Miss Irene today.
1: (laughs) And I'm Ingrid Merce, and I am a.k.a. Miss Bernice.
0: Hey, Miss Bernice. Yes, I love when he does those kids, Um, but welcome. And this month, we read the 21-Day Financial Fast, Your Path to Financial Peace and Freedom by Michelle Singletary. And in this book, award-winning author and the Washington Post columnist, Michelle Singletary proposes a field-tested financial challenge. For 21 days, participants will put away their credit cards and buy only the barest essentials. So let's talk about the past month. So what have you been up to? Mm. <laughs> spending
2: money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um spending money. But you know, I just had a transition. So I talked to you about this when we originally started reading the book. So I just transitioned back to working full time again and um I kind of find myself or found myself having to buy some things to kind of get me set up for work and kind of get me um, to help me adjust to my new schedule. Mm -hmm. So I had to put money towards buying meal prep, had to put money towards buying uh, walks for my dog, and then just buying, like, um, clothing items and stuff like that. So I kind of feel like I did okay by the fast, and then in other ways I feel like I still spent money
0: yeah I um I bought a lot of stuff before it started because I knew it was gonna happen (laughs) I was like shopping (laughs) especially those end-of-the-year sales like I was swiping um and then I went um I was gone the last week and nobody told me that Germany was expensive and I was spending a lot of money so I was actually excited to stop spending money once I got back Mm. um but there was some big ticket items that i like, you know, you have to buy. and You have to do it right there. So okay. I have this big trip coming up. So I had to put the the down payment on the lodging for that. My daughter's having a graduation party. I had to pay the caterer and book the space. Um, It was just really big ticket items that I could not wait to pay for because I needed to secure them. Right. But what I did do is I kept my ass off Amazon and Uber Eats, okay. which I needed to see if I was able to do that. Um I don't I haven't looked and seen like how much money I've saved. But it was good to just not be, you know, confirm. Bye. Mm. by now. But yeah, that that's how that went. mm
1: Well, it doesn't sound too bad. It seems like you did exactly what you needed. Even though like in the book, I believe door uh during like the beginning of the book, like where she's talking about um, the individual saying they didn't want their kid to go to the child's party because they weren't going to be able to buy a gift. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Well, you can make something. <laughs> I was like, mm, I don't know about that part.
0: Yeah. I would just rather send the child with nothing. I grew up having a lot of parties where nobody showed up with nothing, uh, which I don't think that's proper etiquette, but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't know how I would feel, because I'm thinking, like, you're talking about, like, graduation parties, you're talking about trips, and I'm like, how could you substitute those items for not spending money? Like, how what would be the alternative?
0: And right, and people fail to realize you can do something really, really small, Um, but I get it if you're, re- like, when I was trying to buy a house, nothing was happening, mm-hmm. and people understand that, so it'll, uh, mm-hmm. I think I would be like, hey, we don't have anything, so we just gonna stay home. The person would have to tell me, "Hey, come, don't worry about it." Right. But um, yeah, like I get it. Like there are some instances in your life where you need to cut back. Like if your credit score start with a five, you need to stay your ass at home. <laughs> you you need to work on that. <laughs> but um, I always tell people when it comes to small things, and they usually, this adds up, but. $5 ain't going to make or break you. $10 ain't going to make or break you. Right. But then 50 times later that I done that.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That's how I feel about um when you're like purchasing food. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is $8. And then at the end of the month, you like, I spent $1,000 eating out this month. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah, this
0: definitely adds up. And I found too, because I I try to eat organically. And then um, mm-hmm. with The Prime membership, you now get free delivery from Whole Foods versus the other delivery services where you have to, like, pay for delivery. So it's already included. So I just buy from Whole Foods. Whole Foods and eating out, same damn price.
1: Oh, I know. Whole Foods is expensive.
0: (laughs) I don't save any money. So the only thing that gets me is, like, okay, well, it would be better off if you bought a healthy alternative from Whole Foods Mm -hmm. versus, you know, going to Wendy's. But. You really ain't saving that money, no, unless you get that phone for free. <laughs> right, which ends up being five dollars for me because I want the bottle water. Oh, upgrade that. Give me, yep, give me one more of these, and then next thing you know, I'm at ten dollars. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it was a a good exercise, or not even a good exercise. It's just one thing that I loved is that she went through different aspects of a financial journey and just taught, and I, I consider myself very financially savvy, but even I picked up some stuff that I had no idea about. So, so that was cool. It's a great way to start off the year with, um. you know, trying to balance your, your finances. Typically, a lot of people have a new year's resolution where it's like, I'm gonna get my finances together. I'm gonna buy a house, uh, you know, I'm gonna get my credit score up. So I thought it was, thought it was fitting.
1: Yeah, it's the perfect time because you're coming right off of the holidays, where you have probably spent way too much money during mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, traveling pa- plans, making accommodations, and then you think about Christmas. You done bought all these gifts. You done spent you know all this money for New Year's parties, going out, spending money that you typically would not spend during the non holiday time. So it's perfect, perfect time to read it.
0: Right, November and December will kill your pockets.
1: And coming into yeah, coming into
0: January. Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of credit card debt out here. Yeah. Um <laughs> so what do you think is something that you struggle with? Like something that is hard for you to like stop buying, like no matter what. Even if you put yourself on restrictions, what is like something that's hard for you to stop purchasing? Mm. Food <laughs> And it's not
1: even um It's not even fast food, because I don't typically do a lot of fast food. It's just meals and time. So I have a very busy schedule now. If I do not cook on the weekends, typically during the week, like I used to be able to kind of flex it where I can cook, like maybe Sunday and then come in again and cook on Wednesday. But now my schedule is so crazy that I only have the weekends. Mm -hmm. If I don't cook anything on the weekends, I'm pretty much messed up during the week where i have to order something and you know uber eats and all that stuff that stuff adds up so for me it's food if nothing else i have to i mean you got to eat so
0: right right and the fast food industry got us because of convenience like i think about people who have multiple kids and like gotta come home and cook every day i i do not know how they do it like I'd be exhausted. So, I I I totally understand that because it's not enough time in the day. It's just mm-hmm. not. And then, even if I meal prep, I'm tired of that shit by Tuesday. <laughs> that's an, that's another thing.
1: That's why I love being able to cook on Sunday and then cook on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. By Wednesday, you're tired of eating the same thing. So, Wednesday, you kind of get an opportunity, or I had an opportunity to kind of cook something else that I was craving. But now it's like, mm. It's spaghetti in there, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Eating them leftovers all week. I literally stretch it to five days. If I can, then I you
0: will.
1: Know, yeah. Prep, then I try
0: and switch it up. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm I do my daughter like that. So I'll say there's leftovers in there, but then I'll go to like Chick fil A and eat in the car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you wanted <one of> us. <laughs> I don't blame you. I do not blame
0: you. <laughs> I had to ask some of my friends who are also parents, like, "Do you sneak and eat fast food in the car so you ain't got to share?" They like, "Yep." Yeah, kids are greedy. I know that, and I'm an auntie.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, you can't have nothing around kids. So no, I like, eat that. Mm. <laughs> my daughter eat like a grown man, so I'll be like, "You know what? I ain't got time. I'm just she. She got something to eat, but I'm about to leave." But what's hard, I'm trying to think of was hard for me. Because the financial fast did show me that I can stay off Amazon. But I think I have an addiction to getting packages.
1: Yeah, I think it's, one, it's convenient, super convenient. Two, it's like, well, I know it's going to be here in two days or one day, same day, whatever. So it gives you a little bit of a small satisfaction. Mm-hmm like an instant satisfaction which i think people are addicted to we don't like to wait for anything so that instant gratification is like boom it you know gives you a little bit of joy and then after that it's like it wears off so now you gotta buy something else
0: right and then i'm lazy i don't like to leave my house but that there, there's like a What's it called? Like adrenaline rush when it's I get the notification that my package is here, and it could be it mm-hmm. don't have to be from Amazon. It could be from anybody. Like it could literally <laughs> be a stick in an envelope, and I'm just gonna be like, oh my god, I got something. I don't I don't know what that is, but I probably need to go talk to somebody professional about it. But I love getting packages. Um, I do with that too. I'm the same way. Okay, but the financial fast I did I did stay away from it, which I was very proud of myself, but. As soon as it opened, I don't even want to tell you how much shit I bought <laughs> off <So>. Amazon. <laughs> so,
1: let me ask you this. With shopping, another thing that I think I fall victim to is deals. Like, do you do that too? Like, where if something comes up and it's like, oh, this is such a good deal. You don't need it. You're going to need it in the future. Like, I follow Fat Kid. Um, Fat, Fat, Fat kid, kid Deals. Kid Deals. Yep. On Twitter. And I swear, I be buying. I have. I mean, you could think the world is going to end tomorrow if you walk into my garage. I literally have a surplus of things. But, I mean, I'm going to need them eventually. I don't necessarily need them right now. But let a coupon come up, I'm like, oh, I have to buy it right now. I have to buy it right now. Are you the same way?
0: Yeah, full disclosure. So, to the (laughs) listeners, we had to delay our call by uh, the recording by 30 minutes. And I was like, cool, because I was having a gastrointestinal issue in the bathroom. But while I'm sitting there, I get an alert, ASOS, 20% off. So I'm like, I did. (laughs) In the 30 minutes? (laughs) And then the promo code wasn't working. So I'm on Twitter and everybody else is like posting it. So as as soon as um, we started, I'm like looking down in my phone and I'm like, because I know eventually they're going to fix the code. And all of the items I chose were like low in stock. So I'm, I just keep entering, it, and then it finally worked. Soon as we, soon as we got on the call, and I was like, "Bet." <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm happy that I have a sister in the struggle because I am <laughs> the same way. I'm the same way.
0: Yeah, and I have this thing where I don't like to wear the same thing twice. I don't know who the hell I am, like that. Like if I'm going somewhere, it's like, oh, I gotta have a new outfit. No, you don't. I don't, but I always, I always have to buy something new if I have a trip coming up.
1: Mm. You travel a lot. That's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's at least one new outfit, but I find that I'll buy stuff, I'll take it on the trip, and I won't wear it. But it stays okay. in the suitcase for the next trip. So we got some of mm-hmm. those going on, or there's something I bought last year that I still have not worn. Um, and my daughter comes in here, and she's like, "You're just like your mama. Y'all got all this stuff in here." with um tags on it but on it. Mm-hmm. I need to get better at that cuz mm-hmm. it ain't enough room for all this crap.
1: I'm the same way when it comes to clothes and shoes, I'm definitely the same way. I have like three closets full of like stuff and I'm always looking at it, like I have not worn this, but I can't get rid of it cuz I'm like I'm gonna need it for something. I'm gonna need it one day and then I'm be looking like, "Oh, now I got to spend money cuz I got rid of it." Unless it doesn't fit. I usually hold on to it, even if I haven't worn it.
0: Yeah, you ever go through your closet and then start shopping? Like, ooh, I forgot I had this. Mm-hmm.
1: Doing it where I did it last night.
0: <laughs> Especially, Especially when last you, night when you run out of time and you can't order anything, and now you have to wear something in your closet or, like, it's late, the store ain't open. And then it's like, you have something to wear.
1: It's just that. Always. Just didn't want to wear it. There's something about it being new, popping the tag off of it. Popping it in the uh, the washing machine, taking it out. And it's like, oh, it's new. I've never worn it before.
0: Right. But yeah, I I'm probably should put that in my, my goals to, to stop buying clothes. Or I used to have a thing where I couldn't buy clothes unless I was buying it for work. Because okay. if I'm going to work, I'm going to make money. Can't right. be in queue and going to the club for free. So... <laughs> <laughs> But even then, they don't be paying no attention to me. hmm That's how
1: I feel at work. I'm like, mm. it's casual. People show up in ripped jeans and all kind of stuff. I would never do that. But I'm like, here I am trying to put outfits together. Eventually, I say, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. I'm wearing sweats at least one day out of the week. Um, I'm not going to waste my time trying to put an outfit together when there's people walking around who don't even care. I'm up too early to do it. So I tried and I said, forget it.
0: Yeah, especially me being an engineer, we don't dress up. So if I dress up, I stand out because mm-hmm. like, people will have on hoodies and sweatshirts and sweats or jeans and like sneakers. So if I come in there, heels, pencil skirt, a nice blouse, I stand out like a thumb, which is good sometimes, but I really don't have to do
1: that. i reserve it for the weekend. Yeah.
0: You could. Okay, so what is your best financial tip for the listeners? And this could be either something you learned from the book or your own. Mm.
1: So my best tip, even though I do not like carrying cash, I do like that idea of putting the cards away. Because she made some really good points about us spending more than we probably would if we had actual cash in our hands. And I am a victim of that. Like, if I go out to eat, I'm like, oh, I'm ordering everything because I know I got it in the bank account. And if it's not in there, I know I can put it on my credit card. So sometimes I get a little carried away. But, you know, if you have cash, I feel like when I have cash, I'm only going to, like, (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I'm not going anywhere where I'm about to run up a tab, a $50, you know, $100 um, bill. So that is definitely one of the best tips I feel like you could do. That's something that you can definitely maintain, even if you're not doing the fast, committing to the fast. Mm -hmm. I feel like carrying around cash and only, you know, setting that amount of money aside to spend on things is good. Non-essential things if you have to is good.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything she said about the cards, but I lose money. I forget about money. I'm not a fan. So I was like, no. And then also, the cards have insurance. If somebody steals my wallet, I'm getting my money back. If it's right. just cards, if it's cash, it's gone. It's just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, like I um, I was cleaning out my travel purse, so I happened to look in it and pulled out a hundred euros. I forgot it was there. That's a lot of money to just be forgetting about. So I'm, I'd rather do the the cards. Um, cause I don't even know what trip that came from. But it was just sitting there, and I think it had been sitting there for at least six months.
1: I'm the same way. I always find money, like literally in a pants pocket, if it's in an old purse, or in my car, like tucked away somewhere, mm-hmm. where I was saving it for a rainy day, or to pay for parking in Atlanta somewhere. <laughs> it was only cash only, so I'm definitely the same way where I just find money. And I feel like I have a hard time keeping track of money unless it's in a wallet mm-hmm. but i don't really carry around a full wallet all the time i use a small one that kind of holds just the cards mm. and it's hard to tuck the money in there so that's another thing for me um it's not always convenient to have the the cash on me
0: yeah and i'm finding a lot like we're we're transitioning to a cashless society mm-hmm. um i was at an, yeah. at an event and the bartenders were upset that they weren't being tipped and i was like look this is a room full of millennials. I bet you not a lot has a cat Not many of us have cash on us. So um, I was like, what's your PayPal? And I like tipped them that way. But I think that bars moving forward should like have something with either like the cash app thing where you can scan or like the PayPal so you can tip your bartenders. I've done this at a wedding before too. I'm like, I ain't got no cash. What's your cash app? <laughs> and literally mm-hmm. done it that way. Um, it makes it it's so much easier, um, but yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I I can do the cash, but I think it's a very good tip. You do, I know I spend more. I know I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do. I get we'll charge. Definitely spend more money. So, cause you don't see it coming directly out, you know, you're not watching. I I would consider myself to be financial savvy as well. But I don't necessarily watch my account like that. Like, I'm not, you know, like how people back in the day used to balance their checkbooks and used to, like, notate every single purchase as it was happening. I'm not that person. Usually, I do, like, maybe once or twice during the week. And then at the moments where I'm getting paid from either jobs, I'll go ahead and check, you know, my account balances, make sure all the purchases our mind and kind of see where i'm spending a little bit too much money so with cash it's like as soon as you spend that ten dollars out of that fifty dollars now you only have the 40 left you know you know exactly what you have left and i feel like that's that's hurtful so i like the debit card so i can kind of you know in my mind i know i got paid last week so that money is still there until i check my account if that makes sense
0: yeah that that makes that makes a whole lot of sense i um What was my point I think I forgot it yeah we'll come back to that (laughs) (laughs) but my tip is to be a giver Mm -hmm. so she talked about this but she talked about it more so in ties and I don't Mm. I'm probably the biggest heathen anybody would ever meet Mm. and I do not give money to churches okay um and I have a question for you. That that's a, a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> but I do. I am a giver. Like, you know, I, if you go to my website, you will see where I've been given every month to a charity. I think since 2017. Mm-hmm. And there was a book I read. It's called "How to Be a Badass by Making Money" about making money. It's the same lady who wrote the the yellow book, "How to Be a Badass she did a follow up It's Green It's How to be a Badass at making Money. I believe that's the the full title and she talked about how people who give tend to make more money like there was a point in time in my life where I was like the queen of like getting random checks. They would just come out of nowhere and i I've seen I've also been at a job where I know that I shouldn't have got a huge raise and got, like, a huge raise. Um, even this past year, just seeing, hitting my financial goals, and I didn't even think they were attainable. I credit that a lot to the financial karma that I've received because I give. Um, and I basically put it in my budget, like she was saying, how you do tithes. Um Every month I choose an organization and I give to them. Some of them are organizations that helped me out when I was coming up, especially in college. Um and some are just ones I see on like Twitter. Um so yeah, I think that was like the best financial um advice that I think she gave and something that I live by as well. There was um a show I was watching. Actually, it was um The Queen Supreme Court and TS Madison said she was saying how um your hand needs to be open when you are trying to receive blessings because if mm-hmm. you're tight like this and you're stingy with it, you won't you know it's not open in order for you to give and receive um which i I believe that that totally, but go ahead, you had a question for me <laughs> right, right,
1: but no about the ties so." I love that you said that about the financial karma because I feel the same way like even if I'm not doing something financially like when we talked about clothes, if I know that certain things don't fit, I'm never gonna wear it again. I donate them. I give them to people who need them. Like I think there's a um, there's a domestic uh, violence charity that I've been working with that they come in my neighborhood and they come and pick up stuff literally before I started working. I cleared out maybe like four or five boxes and big bags of things that I just did not need anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, because it makes room for additional blessings to come to you. So that constant flow, even if it's not financial, but I'm the same way. Like I have a habit of if me and my friends are going out, I'm like, let me buy something. Let me, you know, um, take some of that financial burden off of them, especially if I know like they have certain situations going on. So maybe not necessarily like Charitable donations all the time, Mm -hmm. but definitely any way that I could support financially, like friends, any type of way, or you know, complete strangers, then I'm definitely open to doing that because I feel like I definitely get it back tenfold. And that leads me to the question about tithes because um, I remember having a conversation with my grandmother in the past about paying tithes, and I feel like. I'm not very comfortable paying it directly to the church, but I feel like if I'm making a donation to someone, like a charity or something like that, or giving to someone in need, I feel like that is a tie. Yep. Like, it's not. And she was like, oh, no, it was like a big conversation. And I'm like, okay, I think that still qualifies, you know, because that's what, in turn, what the church is supposed to be doing with the money. And they ain't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to be real triggered and they ain't some of them, if do, but thing. a lot of them, a lot of them mm-hmm. don't. So, um, I had the same conversation with my mom and she was like, well, you know, the Bible says it's like, girl, whatever. But I feel like it, it is the same as well. And then also I think people who tie to churches and don't know where the money is going or don't see them helping out of the community also are at fault. And my mom was like, no, once it leaves your hands, you know, it ain't got nothing to do with you. And I'm like, no, if you know that it's not doing this and that, you are just at fault. Like I think about when it's cold outside. I mean, people open up their churches. A lot of them, like, I've probably seen once or twice in my lifetime where a church has been open for the community. And I, at this, at this point, a church to me is just an expensive club. I think if you are attending and participating in all the services, yes, pay your tithes. But to tell me that I need the tithe in order to improve my financial life, you do not have to do that. I haven't given to a church. I haven't stood in the church. And when I tell you so much money be flowing through here Um, and and people think that when you don't tithe that you're going to have all this financial ruin and that's just not true.
1: Gonna happen to you, and it's just like fear. You know, <laughs> you're trying to, um, you know, draw me in and persuade me to do these things, and using fear—that's not sound like slavery to me. You know,
0: <laughs> and that—that's where a lot of that stuff. That, but I'm just saying, a lot of where that stuff I, come from. But they ain't trying to hear that. Doesn't
1: good. It doesn't sound good to me. It's not welcoming. It's not inviting. And it doesn't make somebody want to actually do it. And I feel like there is a lot to giving with joy and giving with an open heart mm-hmm. versus giving and doing because you're being forced to. It's not the same. It's not. You're not going to get fulfillment from it. And then I feel
0: like the blessings are not the same. So right. Yeah. Mm, yeah my mom says, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. I agree with that. Like, and wouldn't. When- yeah. And whatever you do, give because you want to, not because you feel like you have to. If you feel like you have to, keep it. But um, I also want to put my money in the community. And that's where it's going. And then you don't have, and when I say I give, I don't know. I think people would be thinking I'd just be laying out thousands. That is not the case. Uh, (laughs) My first year that I started doing it, it was like $100 because I would go hang out. And spend $100. You know, it's you can spend $100 quick on a night out. Especially here in D.C. with these $20 ass drinks. You got to pay $20 to get in. You might have to valet. Don't order none from the bar. You got to order. You're going to need more than one drink. So it would add up. And I'm like, if I can do that, I can give an organization $100 every month. But it could be $5. Like, the blessings are going to be the same because you're giving. Um... But yeah, I I just I try to inspire people to to do more giving and also time. Time is very important if you don't don't have it. One of my goals this year is to include more time mm-hmm. in in my um in my charitable I guess donations because mm-hmm. it's it's easy to write a check. Yeah. But sometimes I actually need bodies in there doing stuff. So I plan on volunteering a lot more. This year, at least it's on my vision board, so somebody holding me to it
1: <laughs> That's dope. Time was on my uh, mind too, because I know especially here in Atlanta, we have the homeless epidemic that is you know very, very bad, and um, I think one of the places where I used to go and feed the homeless, I think they closed down, so now we have a lot more of them on the streets, and time is very big. For them, like even if we're not spending a whole lot of money, because we would make like big meals or like go and buy like small essential items from like Dollar Tree, but they didn't care, you know, where you were getting it from, how much you spent on it. They appreciated the fact that you were out there with Mm -hmm. them, you know, taking the time to just talk to them, listen to them, whatever the case may be, and that you were giving um, your time up, you know. So definitely, time is definitely big, especially depending on what community you're serving like the elderly community when you go to nursing homes they don't care about anything they don't care what you're doing they just want to talk to you they just want to sit with you spend a little time they just want somebody because nobody's visiting them you right. know family is not really visiting them so time is definitely something that certain communities definitely enjoy and they definitely value so you don't even have
0: to spend any money
1: i definitely agree with that
0: yeah you have gave me some ideas on where i need to spend my time this year. You- because I mm-hmm. feel like on okay. that. Society often ignores the old and mm-hmm. impoverished. Show, yes. Yeah. Really, <laughs> my time Mm-hmm.
1: Even though I want to say this <laughs> now, Atlanta, we got some bougie homeless folks. What? Look, I I went to Ross one day. <clears throat> Because I was buying stuff for work. <laughs> and um, there was a guy outside and he was asking, did I have money? And granted, I don't carry cash, so I didn't have anything on me. And I saw this same man either within that same week or the following week. And he was at Chick-fil-A. Now, mind you, when I go to Chick-fil-A, I order through the app. So I had already ordered my meal. But I had some meal prep that I had in my bag in the car. And he was like, do you think, you know, you can get me something? I was like, you know, pretty much like I'm in a rush. I'm in, I think I was leaving work and heading to class. Mm -hmm. So I was like in a rush. And I'm like, look, I can't get you a meal from Chick-fil-A. But I have this, you know, chickpea salad and stuff. (laughs) Healthy food in my bag or whatever. If you want it, you can have it. And he was like, oh, no. He was like, I'm just going to (laughs) wait. And I'm like, if you're hungry. You would take it, you know what I'm saying, but I mean, I guess I understand because I, I don't know if I would be inclined if that's not the lifestyle that I'm in to want to eat, you know, some vegan food. But I'm just saying, if you're hungry, you're hungry,
0: right? It's
1: she- like, expensive, okay?
0: <laughs> right, it is not cheap. It's like your no. ass ain't that hungry.
1: Mm-mm. That's exactly what I said. I had a salad with lemon herb dressing, like it was a great meal. You know, it sounds good. It was good. I just didn't want it anymore because I had been eating on it all week. So I ran to Chick fil A. But, bro, you could eat that. Like, that's like sometimes that's like, mm, that kind of deters you from giving because some people are like extremely picky when it's like you really don't have a choice. But I'll let you cook. I'm going to go on about my business.
0: (laughs) That brings me to my next question What are some of your money pet peeves? Like, what other people do with their money that just gets on your last nerve. Mm.
1: See, I like to mind my business. I don't really be watching other people's pockets. But what I do not like when it comes to money, social media. The social media flexing. Mm. Like, I'm not a big fan of, especially around big times, like holiday season. And, oh, you know what? No, let me go back. I'm not even gonna do that one. What I don't like <laughs> is, and I think we talked about this Black Friday when we talked about the book last month. I don't like the way people act crazy over like these Black Friday deals.
2: Mm-hmm. Black Friday deals.
1: Like they're literally like killing each other, like in in um, Walmart and stuff, fighting, like just being absolutely crazy, acting like animals. You know, because I think I can't remember what country it was, but they did a Black Friday thing. And it was like the store opened up and you just saw like everybody walking in calmly.
0: I saw that. Yep. (laughs) Everyone was nice
1: to each other. Like no one was fighting. So I don't know why in America we have to act like fools, you know, and it's stuff that we don't need. We just buying it because it's on sale because it's a good deal. We probably really can't even afford to get it. Shouldn't even have it. But here we are acting like (laughs) animal kingdom, you know, basically embarrassing ourselves. Or something that has no no real value. So I think that's my biggest. If I'm going to say something about how somebody else spends their money or acts around money, that's the top, even though the flexing is definitely
0: (laughs) annoying as well. (laughs) I think we're in the same, like, area with our pet peeves because mine is people who keep up with the Joneses and they can't. Mm. Which I don't think you should keep up with the Joneses, anyways. I probably could keep up with some Smiths at this point, but I'm good. I'm gonna keep up. I'm barely keeping up with me. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't have time. But it's just like my sister would like spend her last on stuff just to, I guess, put a smile on her kid's face. But I just because my sister is like the biggest culprit of it. Hopefully she don't listen to this, but whatever. <laughs> she. Like she would forever like do stuff for her kids. And I have a my biggest gripe is with people who are raising children that do this because you give them this perception that material things are more important. And then there's going to be a certain point where you cannot pay for this lifestyle because everybody can buy Jordans when the baby is little. They like $40. What happens when the Jordans are now $200? You can't afford that. and there's been times like even when I was in college, there was a Christmas that I couldn't buy my daughter anything. And I just, you know, I signed up for like Toys for Tots or like my student parent programs. And she had something under the tree, but I didn't have it. You know, and I wasn't about to break my neck to get it. Like she'll be all right. And my daughter is a very, I won't say very grateful, but she doesn't, she doesn't ask for much to this day. And then I remember on her birthday, Um, her eighth birthday this is right after I graduated college and this is before I started the full-time job so it was a very broke summer Um, and my mom was like what you get her for a birthday I said lights I was like go over there flick that light like that's what that's what you get and my daughter right but she is my daughter has never been like oh I gotta have this I gotta have that she is like very content with with, with what she, what she has. And I see a lot of parents like doing that, like working two jobs to get your baby an iPhone. I'm not stressing myself out for that. Like why? This person is nine. Like my daughter used to go to school with kids who have all the latest and greatest. And I'm like, y'all are, the, that generation is going to be spoiled.
1: Mm-hmm. We're so close to age, It was like, okay, one couldn't get something unless the both of us get it. Okay. So, honestly, there were a lot of things that we missed out on that my little sister now, I mean, she gets whatever she wants. She's pretty spoiled. Like, she got all kind of shoes, name brand, stuff that we did not get. Like, I recently gave her my iPhone ten and... <laughs> It's so funny because she was like, well, I still got this old, you know, iPhone 5 or something and I'm going to school and blah, 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 blah. But she doesn't realize like you're where everybody is financially now. Like we're blessed to be able to give to you. Mm -hmm. But I definitely tried to make her earn it because it's like if you continue to get things so easily just because you express the need or the want for it, you're never going to really learn how to be responsible, you know, yourself. Or how to work hard to attain it just because somebody's always giving it to you. But on the other end, you kind of feel like, oh, well, now that I'm in this uh, space to be able to do it, I want to be able to give because I've realized, you know, I remember what it was like for me growing Mm -hmm. up and not being able to get certain things. So it's kind of hard to find a healthy balance between that. But I definitely agree. I feel like don't, you know, overextend yourself if you know that you don't have it.
0: Right. I tell my daughter a lot, a lot of the time, I'm like, my checks ain't my name. The only thing I got to provide for you is water and Wi-Fi. Did you eat? Well, I don't know about Wi-Fi, but <laughs> it wasn't
1: now, I guess.
0: For homework, but literally, I could send you to the library because I'm paying taxes. Because I see a, right, I see, I seen a lot of kids that grow up in these environments and people are confused when they become drug dealers or they are going like they're robbing people or they're they're doing whatever to get cash because they have been taught that material things are more important And people be confused like i don't know how my child got there oh girl i saw it <laughs> <laughs> like my daughter will will go to the thrift store she'll be like oh we can go to the thrift store i don't i just need to get some jeans like she don't she don't be caring but that's because I have starved her (laughs) from those things um it, it just doesn't happen okay um what is the worst thing that you've done for money or let me let me not say that is there anything that you're willing to share about maybe a financial misstep that you've had maybe that's better Cause I I can go first, okay? You got it. Oh, well, you can go if you want to. Mine's is a payday loan. If you're listening, don't ever do a payday loan. I mean, I always paid them on time, <laughs> but don't do no payday loan. Get yourself together. Just stay out of this. It's the worst thing. They're pred- predatory. How you say it? Um, just stay away. They're terrible. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> but you know she discussed that in the book as well, so I do like that she said that because um she definitely discussed that in the book and I think I don't really hear about them as much as I used to Mm -hmm. I feel like we have kind of well I don't know as a society I want to say maybe we kind of moved away from that but I definitely remember hearing about it like back in the day like along the lines of like the layaway and you know the title loans and stuff like that but for me the worst thing well it's not the worst thing um, but I'm trying to. This one is easy. It's not. I didn't break any laws. Okay. But um, you know, refund checks were oh in, yeah in college, and I did not understand. I wish that I was financially responsible because I got to pay that money back now. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there
1: was one year. I want to say it was 2008, and me and my friends we were planning to go to Panama City Beach. And here I am. I was working. And I was in school. And I made good money. I was able to, you know, provide like a sustainable lifestyle for myself, where I really didn't have to want for anything. But you know, you going to Panama City, you're going to the beach. I think that might have been the first year that I actually did something for a spring break. So here I am. I'm like, oh, I want to go and buy. I want to go and shop. I want to, you know, get all these nice things for my trip, buy these bathing suits, buy these outfits, all this stuff. So I think that year.
0: Hmm? Hot girl spring break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was <laughs>
1: real hot girl shit. <laughs> and I ended up taking out some more of my student loans. And back then, I just really didn't understand it. Now I do. And now I wish I did not because I need that money for school right now. And some semesters I'm literally paying out of pocket because I ain't got no more. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, that I want to say that was probably the worst or the most um, financially irresponsible thing that I had done to get money. And now, you know, it's biting me, you know, in the because I got to pay that money back, you
0: know. Yeah, and... I ended up being rushed out of school my last year because I was maxing out on the money that I was able to take out. Yeah, because nobody tells you that there's a max. (laughs) I'm just taking my sweet little time because it took me six years to graduate. And that last year, they was like, hey, you (laughs) got to go.
1: Yeah, I had no idea that there was a cap either. And I'm going for my second bachelor's now. And I'm literally using whatever's left. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, some semesters I break even, some semesters I do get something back and I put it right back or um, I save it for the semesters where I don't um, break even and I have to pay. So that's the way I kind of maneuver it now. But yeah, Mm -hmm. if I would have known back then what I know now about the money and the government loans, I definitely probably would have made some smarter decisions in regards to that money.
0: Yeah, I may, I'm trying to use my knowledge of my bad decisions as my daughter prepares to enter college this fall. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, we no, you can skip over them loans. Not at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. There will be another way. But yeah, those are crazy. Mm-hmm. And they don't go over.
1: Like, I feel like when you sit down with financial aid and you really um, go through subsidized unsubsidized they don't really go through that with you for you to explain it on the larger scale later on in life like what you actually realize dang i got interest on this i you know all those things that don't
0: really go through that with you and yeah and the interest is crazy like you could literally pay the minimum payment for years and still owe the same thing yeah i'm not letting my baby not going through that
1: (laughs) I'm gonna be a student for life. I'm taking out them. Um, I'm gonna keep using my loans. I got, you know, a master's
0: program a doctorate program. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um, applying to and in healthcare, I feel like with healthcare, if you want to advance, there's always your school is it, you know. Right. Event, you know, there's no other options. So yeah, I'm be taking out loans for you know, probably a good chunk of my life so, you know, Well, I have seen that. Education is getting cheaper, especially with online, especially if you don't have to go on campus like the traditional student. It's not necessarily going down. Um, But I just saw an MBA from a Big Ten school that's like twenty thousand dollars online. It's like a two and a half year program or a two year program. Twenty thousand dollars for an MBA from a Big Ten school. Like I'm very tempted to do. I just don't have the time. But I'm very tempted to just give them that money, like, hey, because that's that's really cheap for a master's degree, really they're cheap. realizing That the cost of education is
1: not feasible, so they're trying to make it to where they're able to gain more people. But I mean, still, I'm at a private school right now, and I know that in the future, that ain't it. This is this will be my first and my last private school. They literally increased our um, tuition this year and literally made it to where it was like whatever the first number is and then 9 9. They had might as well just even it out and put some zeros on that thing.
0: Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah, I'm you know, ready to graduate. Cause I'm tired of
1: spending money. Hopefully, this is the last increase that I see while at school.
0: Mm hmm. yeah it's it's rough out here it, it it's it's rough out here but hopefully something changes and then like elizabeth warren gets us student debt relief well there's there are income guidelines so everybody ain't gonna be included which sucks but um hopefully the people who need to get it though because these student loans are like killing people wow
1: more options like the service loan or whatever it is like for people who work in like healthcare oh right or teachers and so hopefully we get some other options for some other job fields that are not available right now if that's
0: the case right Or yeah it would especially um because you need more people in the medical field mm-hmm. all right so what was one big like major takeaway you got from the book, major lesson?
1: Just doing, just doing it and being open and honest with yourself. Because I think originally when we first started, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't know if I'm going to make it. But I had to sit down and kind of like force myself. And I think she talked about that. She did briefly discuss it. I think during day one or before the start of it, like, writing, like, making out a list and being honest with yourself in regards to why you feel like you can't do it and then what what is going to work for you. So, I had to sit down and, like, do that for myself. Okay. So, I think I did pretty good overall, even though I spent so many. I think I did good on the parameters that I set for myself. So, that was my big takeaway. Not necessarily saying you can't do it and not give an effort. It was at least try. I didn't save as much as I could have, but I saved something, so okay. I still was able to kind of benefit from the fast, even though I wasn't able to do the complete fast.
0: Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. And what I my point I forgot earlier, I just remembered it, but I'll tie it into the what I learned. Mm-hmm. So I've had some situations in my life, and I think because I have a, a child. um, I've had to go through financial fast, you know, (laughs) unwillingly. (laughs) Like I I had to. Um, I, I when I bought a house when I got here, um, and also when I got laid off nine months into owning the house. There's just been a few situations where I was forced to just get myself together financially, and I've done really well over the past two years. Um, What I was going to say earlier is we were talking about what we track. I do the same thing like you, like I, I might check once or twice a week. Or I definitely check on, on payday my accounts. But what I have been doing, which has helped a whole lot, is tracking my net worth. And there was a time when I tracked my net worth and I was worth a smooth $2,000. And I had a five-figure savings and it did not make sense to me. And I was aggressively paying down my student loans. But once I started looking at it every month, it, it was a whole, whole lot better. Um, and so I, I was fine before the financial fast. A lot of this stuff that she was saying i got already done. But what I'm, what I'm afraid of or what I don't trust, because we are headed for a recession, is that I just put my money into savings. Like, I got a lot of stock from my company, but I've been cashing it out because if the market tanks, your money is gone. I do not like equity because equity is imaginary. You do not see it until... You know, you cash it out. So that type of stuff scares me because it's it's unknown. I'd rather just have my money sitting. However, she went over how if you just leave your money in savings with that very small interest rate, inflation will actually make you lose money. So I'm like, shit. Now I got to figure out what I'm going to I'm going to do with that. Um, But then she also talked about not having all your money at one bank, which I had to start another account. Move some stuff over because <laughs> they're only insured to a to a certain level, yeah. but that that was, that was some of the things that that I learned. um mm-hmm. But but yeah, it was um it was it was interesting. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that you said that because
1: I recently had a conversation with a friend um who was getting ready to make a big excuse me, financial purchase. And some things didn't work out. So basically, that money is going to be coming back to them. And I immediately was like, hey, put that thing in an account, put it in a savings account. That's going to earn you some interest. Even though it's not a lot, I have several savings accounts. And when you said you looked at your net worth, like there would literally be years when I wasn't keeping track of anything. And I would get my um, W 2s back, and mm-hmm. they would be like, oh, you made this much for the year. And I'm like, well, where is it? You know, I don't, (laughs) I'm not seeing it. So, what I started doing, even like I have my 401ks, I have the traditional, I have the Roth, those set up. And then, what I also started doing is just taking out money from my checks, even like my military checks and my civilian um, checks, just taking that out and putting one in one savings account, putting the other in the other um, bank saving account, and kind of just doing that, even when I wasn't working for that short period where i was just going to school um before i transitioned back to working at my civilian job i did the same thing i just kept it going mm-hmm. like i try to kind of have a balance everywhere because you just never know what's going to happen so i, did right. That I do right so i was doing that a little bit before the book and now i'm just kind of watching it a little bit closely mm-hmm. um more now you know whatever with the knowledge and stuff that was provided
0: so yeah it's scary though right adulting nobody prepares you for it so and I like how she talked about involving your kids I'm starting to tell my daughter a little bit more about what's going on Mm -hmm. I didn't want her to think well I asked her how much money she thought I made and she was definitely wrong and it was it was higher (laughs) I'm like girl um I'm like thanks but no (laughs) um but trying to show her some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, Because it's it's hard out here.
1: Mm -hmm. Which is is important, I feel like, especially within the black community, Mm -hmm. we don't have those discussions about money and finances. And so we do ourselves a disservice because we're not getting the education and stuff that we need to be fruitful. I feel like we have a lot of empty spaces where we don't have a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, and, you know, when things happen, financial crises happen, we're pretty much, oh, my God, I don't know what to do, when if we had those conversations, we're educated a little bit more, or even just had them internally within family, like how you're doing it, you know, with your daughter, we'd be a little bit more set up to kind of, be like, okay, this happened, but I got this taken care of, you know, this little financial setback, but here's how I'm going to come back from that, or here's how I can come back from that. So I think it's
0: important. Yeah, I can't remember the figure, but it's definitely over 50% of mm-hmm. um, Americans who are living check to check. Mm. That So many of us are just one financial crisis away from being homeless. Mm. And that's just crazy. Now, I know there are, you know, circumstances where folks are definitely just stuck in a cycle, especially if you live somewhere like New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, But. I see a lot of instances where folks could start creating a savings, but haven't, mm-hmm. and could save themselves a burden. But mm-hmm. that ties into my my pet peeve, so I'll leave that alone. Yeah. But. <laughs> but
1: education, you know, it's education because. Um I didn't know about 401ks and stuff like that when I first started working for the company that I work for now. Like, I had no idea about pensions, like, none of this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. stuff for the first three years or maybe two years, even though I was making nothing um at that time or whatever. um I didn't set up a 401k. Like, I didn't know, you know, anything about it. I had my savings um in one account, but I just didn't know these things until like a few years ago. It was like, okay, well, you know, this is what you should be doing to set up for retirement, you Mm -hmm. know, because nobody's really having those conversations. Uh, The military will do it sometimes, but they don't really do it with younger individuals. They're doing it with people who are getting close to retirement. then they start having those conversations about um, those things. And I think there was a big shift between um, traditional 401k into a new um, system that they set up. So Mm -hmm. that's when they started having those conversations. So then everybody pretty much got included. But before that, you know, there was nothing being said. And so you just don't know. But
0: now that I know, so you know, you know better, you do better. So. Yeah, for me is with not knowing much, it's like how many financial crises do you need before you just get up and just say, OK, this can't happen no more. We need to figure it out. Like I I, I get it just like not knowing because I've definitely been through that. But right. I'm not going to be stressed too often, mm-hmm. especially not about, especially if I got kids. There's only going to be one, maybe two situations where my <laughs> daughter's housing is at risk mm-hmm. or like food is at risk. It's not right. It's not going to happen too often. But hopefully, um, you know, people get the information they need. Cause there are a lot of folks, folks like the budgetista. She's out here doing God's work, getting oh, yeah, folks the information yeah. they need. Mm-hmm. And she's
1: speaking it in a language which is easy to understand.
0: Right. You can have
1: people give you financial advice and try and give you some knowledge, but they're talking in terms that no one, you know, understands, especially if you're not already, you know, interested in that type of thing or reading up and getting, you know, the educational knowledge that you need. If you're not in that world, you don't know some of that stuff. So I do like that, the budget needs. she kind of breaks it down. And she makes it dummified where well, you can understand she's talking in terms, using phrases that we, you know, use yep. and stuff like that. And I seen recently she's doing books. So she's doing children books. Um, oh,
0: she is? To do
1: financial education. Oh, so that's nice. perfect. You know, so you got something for the adults. You have something for the children, something that the families, uh, we can come together as a net and kind of, you know, learn together. So mm-hmm. I think she has, I don't I saw a girl. And then I think I saw a boy as well. So I'm not sure if it's two separate books or if she was just introducing two separate characters. But yeah, I did see okay. that she has the children's book now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And for the listeners, if you want to continue on like doing financial exercises, her, are they 30 day challenges? Or I feel like they might be 21 day challenges as well. But she has her challenges. That's actually how I started my net worth tracking. Um, thing was because I I did the the net worth tra- um challenge with her, um she has one for saving, she has one for credit score. So if you're trying to do some of those things, and she she breaks it down just like this book did, I think she she does it a little bit better. I maybe I just like her language a little bit better. Um, but if you want any more guidance on that, definitely check out those books. All right, so what was your overall feeling about the book, like overall sentiment?
1: Mm, So before we do that, um, she also has a Facebook group too called Dreamcatchers Literature with the Budjanista, which has over 400,000 members.
0: Oh, is that 400 now? Mm -hmm. Well, it's
1: 423,606 members.
0: But you can't join through Facebook. You have to go to her website and like fill out the form.
1: Oh, no, I did it through Facebook. You did? Mm-hmm, I oh. did it, um, well, I did it a little bit after she was on uh, the friend zone, so I don't know if it changed, like, I don't know when. Yeah, did. I've been
0: following her, her at least two years, so I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I did it through Facebook, and even though she's not always in the group dropping information, the members within the group, like, the conversations that they have are really powerful. So definitely if you don't want to, if reading is not for you as far as like sitting down and reading a how-to book, then definitely the Facebook group is something that you can get some information from to kind of add into your toolbox for financial, um, uh, financial progression. So definitely.
0: At- And her books actually are they come from her website. It's just you have to pay ten dollars if you want it in book form. So if you don't want to pay for it, you can just go to her blog and you can just kind of search whatever you're looking for. Mm. Um, but that that's an option as well. But yeah, that group is is really good. Really good.
1: It's inspirational. I feel so good like when people be like, Oh, I did this, I bought my first house, I paid down my debt. I'm like woo, <laughs> like it's really inspirational. If nothing else, like it shows you that it is.
0: Possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Most of the people, I think everybody looks like us, so which is very inspirational. yes. It's us, you know, and the stories are true.
1: So yeah, definitely inspirational. But overall, I liked the book. I wasn't so much into. How much of the Bible was tied
0: into them. same? We don't crucify me, don't send me
1: to hell, y'all. But <laughs> um, my relationship with uh Christianity and stuff is very complex, so I was not really keen on that. But I did like the book. It was an easy read for me, and then it was definitely um, eye-opening in some areas so i was able to take away some knowledge and some good information. So overall i loved the book. Wasn't too crazy about that. How did you feel about it?
0: The exact same way. Um because some of it gave me that slavery feel. Um <laughs> but i mean if you're using the bible a lot of that stuff was used to keep us in bondage. Um i think christianity is a beautiful religion i just think like i think every religion is used to um keep people in bondage to exert power over them. One of the things that I definitely did not care for and that actually the church that I used to go to around here, I stopped going to because they said this, which I think is absurd. Paying tithes off the gross payment. I don't see that shit. If you want, yeah, not- you call the IRS, like y'all already not paying taxes and you think that I'm about to pay you off some shit. I ain't see you out your goddamn mind. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> been close to everybody out in the church. Um. So, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't stand for that. And she was like, yeah, so if you do that now, you don't have to pay it on your social security. I ain't give me all that shit either. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, there are some very good points. Like, even though, like, my relationship with Christianity is on the rocks. Like, my favorite song right now is Drop It Low for Jesus. It is a bop. Mm -hmm. But, um, there is some very good, um, lessons you can learn from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um. And that I can appreciate and not have to be, you know, a contributing member to to Christianity. So um, mm. I think I think it was some good information, but yeah, the religious part was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it was a little, uh, you know, rocky. When I
0: right, them quiet. parts I read very fast. Like mm-hmm. the
1: commandments <laughs> and stuff, I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh,
0: ooh. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now we talking about some money. All right, good, cause yeah. That had me like, okay, like, I did not sign up for a sermon, and I don't, like, I feel like, so I've never really been a big fan of sermons, I mm-hmm. like Bible study. I feel like when you go to Bible study, you're being educated. You're not being condemned, I guess, is, is though, I don't know if that'd be a good word, but you know, like, I just feel like a sermon is a lecture. Somebody is trying to beat something into you. Bible study was more of an open dialogue. We're able to, you know, have mm. conversations. We're learning bits and pieces of the Bible, and we're being able to apply it to our day to day lives. And for me, Bible study was inspirational. So I kind of felt like some of the parts of the book was more of a sermon, and I don't like nobody telling me what to do.
0: So I love I sermons, a and I hate Bible study because it was quiet enough. But I <laughs> love
1: Bible study. Well, I guess it depends on what kind of church. That you go to, and one of the last churches that I when I was attending church, um, Pastor Kerwin Lee, he's in Atlanta with um, Mm -hmm. a Christian church. His Bible study, when I tell you, and I mean, his sermons are good too because he's real try to be cool, you know, try to be hip. So he's real fun. Like, you're going to be laughing, but honestly, I really appreciate it. Like, if I didn't go on Sundays, I definitely made it either on a Tuesday or Wednesday to make sure, like, I was in Bible study. Like, me and my hunger used to have Bible study days, like, where we would meet up, go, and then go out, you know, to eat or something like that during the middle of the week.
0: So, mm -mm. it felt like a sermon to me. But yeah, I do agree with you that you do learn more in Bible study than you do at the church. Because I might not remember a verse coming out of the sermon. I ain't going to know what happened. We already been in there
1: for two hours. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was setting you in and you out. One song, one song only. You write into the lesson and then you leave. All
0: right. Speaking of songs, we're going to move on to the music segment. You can find our playlist in the newsletter or on our website, or on our social media. Um, but what is the one song that you think embodies, I guess, this month for you or the book for you?
1: So the first song that popped into my head was Rihanna, Bitch Better Have My Money. and <laughs> That's how I feel about 2020 and moving forward, becoming more um, financially grounded, and pretty much getting your things, getting what you deserve, and securing the bag, and that's how I felt about choosing that song for this. book. what was your song?
0: My song was "I Get Money" by Fifty Cent, which okay is <laughs> pretty much just, yes the same thing. Right now. Um, I remember last year, um, I think we got to when we all got together and we were talking about like our goals for the next year. So I was very specific with my financial goal as far as how much money I wanted to make. When I tell you, I hit it on the nose. I was probably like a thousand over it. And it I don't want to say it scared me, but it like showed me that there's some powerful stuff out there when you set intentions. Write it down to make it real. So when I tell you I doubled, no, what was? I added a huge sum like to what I want to make this year. Cause I'm like, if somebody is out there just handing out money, if you do these intentions and work towards it, I'm I'm about to test you. So now, like, I did more than double it. So basically, I added three hundred thousand. But <laughs> mm, okay. I'm, I'm like, if I I got to see it, so I need to be surrounded with music. Like I I get money, um, mm-hmm. because you know, setting specific goals. That manifestation stuff is is real. Like, I've been talking to a lot of my friends about stuff that if you write down and you're very clear on what it is and you put your energy into it, it comes back. So, I'm trying to get this money. (laughs) I I feel you, girl. I
1: feel you on that. I think um, when we sat down and we did that, money, you know, for me, I don't know why I never think to manifest money, but I always. It's real. Like, I always do like relationships, not necessarily romantic relationships, but relationships that feed me in certain ways. Mm
2: -hmm. I need to be
1: fed and uplifted and stuff like that. And it's definitely powerful. Like, I definitely see a change from last year when we had that conversation about how we wanted our year to be. It literally fell into those sets. So, I think I need to start doing it with money. And I think about it all the time, but I'm not really a. money person. Like it's good to have it. Like I feel like I'm never without. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's why I'm never like trying to set money manifestations and money like goals and stuff like that. But definitely,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had um you know, I grew up with, you know, money is the root of all evil. So I thought that if you were all about money, you were you were evil. So the book that I mentioned earlier, How to be a badass at making money, she teaches you how to break down that that idea because that prevents you from Bringing in more money, because the first thing she says is there are there are good and bad people with money, mm-hmm. like and then there are good or bad people that's broke, <laughs> and I was like she right, <laughs> and that helped. <laughs> that helps. So. Mm-hmm. Oh no, go. I'm done.
1: Oh, High's I don't know if you remember, remember when we sat down during the retreat and we talked about money and talked about the feelings that we have surrounding money, like that was monumental you know so i think that contributes to why i don't do it and i probably need to start looking at some of those blocks and start breaking them down but yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah
0: all right well let's close it out so first let's discuss the next book cuz we're we're going to be in february a little steamy mm-hmm.
1: so <laughs> we're going to be reading a novella and it's called them boys by alexandria house it's only 81 pages so it is going to be a quick read but i am so excited i did not start reading it early because i wanted to wait (laughs) until we announced it but i'm really excited because there were so many good reviews like i struggle like for me reading erotica is not really a favorite i used to do it so much in high school
0: Mm, yes Um, we had no business
1: exactly (laughs) And now that I'm actually doing the business, I'm like, "Mm, I don't really like reading that. That's so cheesy. So I struggled. I think it took me at least three weeks to kind of find, narrow it down and find a book that I was like, okay, I hope the listeners are like, what the hell do they have us reading? So I found this and the reviews are phenomenal. Like The reviews had me excited to jump into this one. So I'm really excited about it. Cannot wait to start reading it. Cannot wait to discuss it. And, again, um, it's going to be called Them Boys. It's book one, so it's a set. But we're only going to read the first book, and it's by Alexandria House. And the cover is really sexy.
0: <laughs> so I'm excited, too. I haven't read Erotica in a long while. There there have been books where they had sex scenes, and I was, like, clutching my pearls. Like, it's getting it's getting hot in here. I'm excited to read it because I, I might get some action in February, but I might not. <laughs> This might. Be... this might be all I see.
1: But, yeah. Okay, let me write that down and manifest that because I want some good. <laughs> In February, okay.
0: Alright. Do you have anything on your bulletin board?
1: Mm, yes. So I promised that I was going to start writing again. Yay! So I have not set up the website. <laughs> but I bought the domain and I did write a poem the other day. So... Sometime, well, by the time this airs, um, you guys can go to Ingrid L Mercé, and that's I N G R I D L M E R C E dot com, and there will be a poem there for you, titled S-W-T-E. And I can't wait for you guys to read
0: it. Okay. Well, I will definitely put that up on the website so we all can access it. So <laughs> keep your keep your eyes and ears out for that one. Um, my bulletin board is. I try to combine my love of reading and travel and I found that I need to create another Instagram because my Instagram is missing features and I've reached out to Instagram on several occasions because I can't really do the highlights and like when people come looking for like my trips and things like that I can't do it like I can't share certain things either. Um, so I started a, a new one. I'm going to keep the one I have at Tamiki will still be my books. So if you're looking for book giveaways, definitely follow me over there or book reviews. I'm still doing those. Um, but I did start a new one is Tamiko on trips where I'll be documenting my trips. So if you want to go any of the places that I've went, you'll see highlights from them and also recommendations for things to check out. Um, but yeah, and to me. And it's it's, it's Tamika T-E-M-I-K-A. So check that out. Um, But yeah, I'll put it up in the newsletter probably too. So you can check it out there. But yeah, that is it for me. Can't wait to come back and talk about this steamy number in February, March, somewhere like that. (laughs) All right. Anything else you have?
1: No, that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening.
0: All right. Bye.